Hey everybody! Hey guys! This is Zach. This is Stuart. And uh, this is a combined uh, book club slash uh, episode 50 uh, of the show for Peter S. Beagle's The Last Unicorn yeah. from 1968. We ended up talking about this. I know on our show notes and everything we had these as separate episodes, but we kind of talked and the book is very similar to the movie so we decided to mush it into one big episode yeah yeah so this one will probably be you know a little bit longer than a standard one but mm-hmm. uh you know not not too much longer um because like you said there's a lot of overlap mm-hmm. um, yeah with this book um but yeah as, as far as the book goes um from what i was i could tell there's you know a little over 5 million copies sold worldwide, uh, mm-hmm. translated into 20 plus languages. Um, it's consistently ranked within like the top 20 of all time best fantasy novels um, yeah. <laughs> based on, on like reader polls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, dude, how, how much of the history of this book are you familiar with? Um, I'm not too familiar with the history. So, I mean, personally... I'm familiar with my history of the book. I actually yeah. um, saw the movie before reading the book. I didn't know that it was a book until just recently. Um, I recently read the book about like, what, three years ago? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so when I found out that there was a, a book written about this uh, movie that I had loved, I decided to give that a read. And, you know, it was interesting because i thought maybe it was going to be a little bit um i guess different or unique usually with like movies or um animation um the director takes some stylistic choices uh usually because of time constraints or just other things in general um so i thought that the book would have kind of gone a little bit more in depth um because the world is beautiful in this um in this novel and in the movie itself yeah yeah well and i know personally for myself i saw the movie i think in like i was way too old to have been seeing the movie because you know a lot of people see it when they're a kid um i never saw it as a kid i saw it the first time for the first time in college do you think this Um, is a kid's movie like um well so i mean it's it's uh you know a Rankin Bass movie, and it's kind of like one of those animated movies like Watership Down or Plague Dogs, where it's like, yeah, like kids are watching this when they shouldn't be, but it's not really a kids movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because my um my father, who's an artist who really enjoys uh, fantasy, he was the one who actually got me into Dragon Con. He took me to my first Dragon Con because he was affiliated with um creative loafing and um it was when DragonCon wasn't as big as it is today and they just kind of gave out badges pretty much you just walked up yeah yeah if you're like i'm you know with creative loafing they're like all right take two badges so he would take me along with him and um he was the one who sort of introduced me into this like world of fantasy world of like sci-fi and role-playing and stuff like that so he was the one who introduced me to the movie oh okay yeah and um it's definitely an 
interesting introduction as a, like, a young kid. I remember yeah. there were a couple of um, concepts that like I wasn't fully aware of until I you know watched it as an adult. And there's some imagery that's like definitely scary or spooky for a young kid. But oh yeah, I absolutely. Still, yeah, I still enjoyed it, and I I still you know I think you know somebody would. I think a young kid would also enjoy this sort of movie too. So I'm not like trying to discourage people from showing this to like their children or anything along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just of, of that era of, of a uh, film where it's just like, you know, like Don Bluth movies, I wouldn't say they're for kids, but lots of kids saw them. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things. Um, but yeah, this was my first time reading this book. Um, and I was yeah. surprised at how, how well I liked it because like, I guess going in, I was just like, okay, so this is going to be, you know, probably I'm, I'm not the target demographic for this work, but it's, um, it's very well written. It's, it is. it's, um, I think the language is fairy tale esque. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I believe the language in it is just, it's really, um, not fancy, but elegant is the word i would you know yeah yeah elegant is is a nice way to describe the the actual language that they use in it it's Mm -hmm. um because you know it was written in 68 so it's it's fairly recent but it's still old enough that some people may be unfamiliar with the book Mm -hmm. um now as far as my my research went um what i see is that you know it took almost two years for him to write this um yeah. He claimed it was hard every step of the way. Uh, he actually started imagine. it. Well, like, so it's, it's weird. It varying points. It says it took him two years to write it, but he had an idea for this in 1962, which you'll note is six years before yeah. <laughs> the actual book. Um, so he actually had an 85 page manuscript written uh, in 62 that kind of, that, you know, is much different than the novel that actually got published. Um, mm-hmm. The unicorn is the same, uh, but it's set during modern times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the unicorn is accompanied by a two-headed demon named Webster and Azazel. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, there's a there's a, a company called Subterranean Press that, that they, they put out like boutique, like limited edition copies of things. Um, and they published a version of it called the Lost Version that actually has the original manuscript in it. Oh, that's kind of um, cool. I would be interested in reading that. Yeah, it's unfinished, um, but I, I would like to see it, what it it would turn into if it were a novel. Um, yeah. Because he, he stopped that version of the manuscript in 63, mm-hmm. um, found it was a dead end, and then picked it back up in 65 with what we have here. Yeah. Um, he also put out a coda slash sequel to this called Two Hearts um, in a magazine. Um, there's a new narrator, four characters from the novel appear, um, and then it won a Hugo and Nebula award for best novelette. Hmm. That's really cool. Um, there's also a lot of stage adaptation of this work, uh, which (laughs) I wouldn't think it would translate very well, but I guess you could have like a four act thing. Cause uh, like in my head, there are like, there are four like big like set piece scenes yeah. that, that you could use in this and it would be um 
you know, the the opening where the unicorn is in her, her like, glen or dale or wherever. Yeah. Um, when she's traveling the world, the castle, and then the castle post Haggard's demise. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how well that translates to, like, a stage play in terms of moving scenery and act changes and things like that. Um, yeah, and I that's kind of interesting part of this um this book and movie is it's very like well contained like it's very uh wrapped up like it's not a long movie and it's not a long book by any means so exactly it's definitely something that you could translate into other types of media and yeah i could i could see a play yeah being performed well supposedly there's this um there's an, a live action adaptation uh, in the works at various film production uh, studios, I guess. Like it's it's changed hands since since the 80s a bunch of different times. Mm-hmm. And there's always a rumor like Christopher Lee was supposed to be in one version yeah. of, of a live action movie. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, like so, I, I wouldn't I mean, mind seeing a live action version of this. Yeah, I guess it depends on like how well the CG of, I guess, the unicorns and mystical creatures are. Because again, like, you know, yeah, that's in the second act, there's a lot of just humans. But during like the first act, again, when the unicorn's kind of in her meadow, in her um, uh, forest, there's a lot of like mystical kind of creatures and things along those lines. But as the, you know, the unicorn um, proceeds to explore the world, you get more and more just humans. Yeah. 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 So what yeah, were I, um, some of the, um, like, I guess more memorable parts that stood out to you in the book or I guess the movie? So, Do you yeah, want to so, like talk about them separately or? Well, yeah. Why don't we, why don't we talk about the book first and then the movie? Okay. Um, so with, with the book, um, just in in a row with some of the notes that i have is i think it's hilarious and i forget what page exactly it is but <laughs> the uh, the hunters actually give the unicorn an existential crisis yeah because yeah. um, they're the ones that call out uh to her and are kind of like be glad you don't have to live in the real world yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's more of that like why don't they want to see me like you know yeah. they they they're like oh these things are beautiful and stuff but they don't exist and then she's like but but i do but exist. i i do exist <laughs> don't i but yeah no the these two hunters just you know kind of give this unicorn a mental breakdown and, yeah. and cause her to go out into the world mm-hmm. um uh, I, I do think it's funny that she's captured almost immediately by uh, Mommy Fortuna and her circus. Yeah, and I mean, again, like, she's very naive. Like, yes. she's been yeah, sheltered cause... in her, like, her own little world for centuries. Right. And that's the thing is, in you know, you don't really get this in the movie, but in the book, you know, she talks about how it's been ages. Like... Yeah. It's and time doesn't really seem to well it matters to her but time doesn't move the same way that it moves to humans because like 
decades or just years to her and things. Yeah, I mean, she's she's functionally immortal compared to everything else. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I can definitely, like, and, and that's kind of what I like about the book is you get this, like, ah, the word nativity? Naivete? Yeah, naivete about her. I don't really think um, you get much in the movie. Um, Yeah, in the movie, it's kind of like a... um, It's more of, like... Soft rather than naive. Like, just kind of meek and timid rather than... That and kind of, like, full of yourself. Like thinking yeah. that because they definitely like hit the point of like thinking that she's better than everybody she has this air of like of grandeur in right. the in the movie where it's like oh you guys should be all struck by me i'm a unicorn you need to you know not like bow down or anything like that but like you need to be awed by me um and i think they hit that really well in the uh movie but they don't get like the the uh, na- naive naivete, part, yeah, yeah, of what the book kind of like hits on and everything like that, um, and and, right. and that's why you know I think she's really um, like when she gets out she's instantly captured because I believe in the movie like they have to cast a spell on her to put her to sleep. Um, if I'm remembering it correctly. Yeah, yeah, which, which they do in the book as well. Um, Fortuna just kind of kidnaps her because she actually realizes what she is. Um, I will say that, uh, I, I do think that, that, um, just the, the idea of the circus itself is something that I'm totally going to lift and put in a game. Yeah, (laughs) the the circus is really cool. Like, I, I really enjoy that concept of like, oh, humans will only see what they can process. Like, you know, we actually have, like, mystical beasts, but, like, because humans don't believe in mystical beasts, they see, like, Yeah, they see a rhino with a... or a a lion with, like, a a horn on it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's a musical. Yeah. And I will say, in... both in the book and um, in the uh, movie, the, um, the harpy... God, the harpy is, like... Super I love intense. how, yeah, I mean, I, I do love how they made the harpy just super pissed at being yeah. kidnapped and captured for so long. Yeah, <laughs> and like, in and especially in the movie, like, the harpy is like a very visually scary creature and everything. Yes, yes um, it is. It's, it's like a legit sort of like harpy. Um and you know the animators didn't pull any sort of punches like no. when they they were animating that particular um monster and i remember as a, a young kid being quite scared yeah of that particular scene oh yeah 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 well and and i think it's funny in the the book um schmendrick when he's trying to get her out he tries to magic her out fails and then just goes oh well i guess i'll use the key that i stole from the car <laughs> yeah but like, you know he's don't a magician. use the key for the first <laughs> i don't know like if i was a fledgling magician i would try to use every opportunity to like yeah. <laughs> use some magic and stuff like that and i do like schmendrick i i I love... He's a really interesting character. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it, they could have had, like, a very competent sort of, um, you know, wizard in there who was, like, kind of on the edge of magic or trying to, like, learn magic and stuff like that. But, like, I enjoy his, like, bumblingness, his, like, uncertainty. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know, it, it really, uh, I don't know, spoke to me a little bit just as well, kind I of a bumbling person like myself. They- there's some some interesting stuff they do in here. Like in the book, they say that you know Smendrick is is immortal, um, mm-hmm. and but he can only use magic when he is mortal. Um, yeah, which, like I, that that type of of uh, dichotomy of of you know having to lose something to get all this power. Like that's that's a hundred percent with this this story because like the. Uh, king haggard and mm-hmm. and his son is lear right yes yeah yeah so so haggard and lear are this kind of interesting fisher king dichotomy where like you know the land kind of takes on the properties of its ruler mm-hmm. yeah which um, is super cool yeah yeah i i really like that um it's one of the the interesting things like when schmendrick does turn the unicorn into a person it's interesting hearing the unicorn describing uh, or reading about the unicorn describing the uh, the feeling of uh having herself age in real yeah. time yeah yeah it's really funny because it's just like this rotten bag of meat on my bone <laughs> yeah like you know every second i feel like you know things are changing things are getting worse and yeah. things are falling art and it's like and it, oh wow welcome to my 2020 <laughs> I, yeah god i know <laughs> welcome to getting old when you wake up and you're like my back hurts and you're like ah, i'm getting old like i can feel the age yeah it's like why why does my back hurt now that's that's just it it happens it's it's one of those things it just you got to take some ibuprofen and keep all keep about your day <laughs> yeah no i or mean, some cbd pills who knows yeah <laughs> um but yeah, I, I do really enjoy um, Smendrick. I, and I loved um, his voice actor uh, in the movie. Is, um, it's uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I think he really brings uh, that character to life. You know. Oh the yeah, the, the voice cast. I do want to talk about the voice cast a little bit later just because they're... Oh, okay. um, it's, it's just a star-studded cast. It is, it is. Um, there's a lot of really good people there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, as far as the book goes, um, I I do think it's interesting that Haggard is trapping these unicorns under the sea. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got to just get, like, do they ever explain why? Like, I may have missed that. <laughs> like, um, he just decides to collect all the unicorns because then he would be the unicorn king, or... <laughs> I think because it's it's more of a vanity thing, where he just yeah. thinks that they're beautiful, and he only wants to, like, you know, set eyes on their beauty. Right. At least that's kind of how the I sense interpret you got. it. Yeah. And again, like, that's the great thing about books and everything people can read different uh, interpretation into the writing but yeah i believe that it was more of just kind of not a super vain thing but a vanity thing where you know he wanted to be the only one who could like gaze upon their beauty 
and that he felt yeah. like the world didn't really deserve them. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got a sense in there that like he could tell that his land is also changing and he's trying to capture some sort of beauty for the land. Mm hmm. But I mean, I could be wrong. Like, it could be the sort of thing where it's a fairy tale written where like, nope, there's no like shades of gray. Like I like reading into things. There's mm. it's it's good and evil. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like he doesn't really get out of his castle. Like he just stays in. His... Yeah, he just sits there. Yeah. So he, you know... he's conjured the Red Bull to kind of corral all of the the. um unicorns into into the sea and mm -hmm. them there. Yeah. yeah and sort of like you know being his personal thing to watch because he would yeah. always come out in the the morning and the night to sort of like watch the tide roll in and the tide roll out right also uh, spoilers did we put anyway i mean i'll put spoilers in the show notes i mean i've i've always treated these as if people have already read the book and yeah seeing whatever we're talking about just because i mean yeah. why, why would you click <laughs> on a book that you haven't read before <laughs> i just wanted to yeah yeah they're, they're I, in the ocean anyway well, um i i do like the um the the fall of house of usher type thing with with haggard's castle where everything just falls apart as soon as he's dead yeah um, it's it's very interesting it really like it it harkens back to like i said fall of house of usher um fisher keen type type tropes there where like the death of the the leader ref is reflected in in the landscape or the setting yeah and i think that's a really cool sort of um hook uh, and narrative device um i also enjoyed like so in the movie his um son doesn't really like again you meet these two characters in the second or even really the like the third act um i do like how they kind of go a little bit further into his uh, son's development in the book i do feel yeah. like it's a little rushed in the movie but again yeah you know, like they only had like 80 minutes to <laughs> to tell yeah. a story i guess i do enjoy like the secrets of the castle and sort of exploring it and everything yeah but um yeah it's it's interesting about like sort of the love that um uh lear has for the unicorn yeah. and how like there is no sort of um i guess feelings back for that kind of love where it's just it's it's hard to sort of like interpret that in a human way yeah yeah well i i will say that that you know just just going back to the book that i really like the fairy tale-esque world that they've created with like the robin hood type characters mm -hmm. and like, like i get the same sort of feeling as like um like william goldman's um like princess bride yeah it, right. it feels like a very um, lived in world yeah yeah i mean but it's it's not so like i think i've had this this conversation before with with you in the past about a, another series of fantasy books but like it's it's lived in and it feels like a real world mm -hmm. but it's not so well defined that like you would you would feel uncomfortable running a game in it yeah you know mm -hmm. like like i um I have that about like the wheel of time and 
and uh, like Tolkien and stuff. Like I will never run a game set in those worlds because I don't know enough about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just too much information and, out there. Yeah, there's so much information that it's just like, oh, okay, well, um, I didn't know about that, so that's not true in this world. Ha! Surprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and that's really Whereas this true. is like it's it's a work in progress. You can add to it and like. Yeah, it's you know, not. There's tons of. Yeah, oh, I was I was saying that. Yeah, it's not defined. Like, there's a lot yeah. of just like open ended stuff. Yeah, when like they go into that band of um, people and they meet um, that one woman. Um, uh, I'm blanking on her name at the moment. The uh, third of the um, group. Oh, I didn't write down the uh, the name. Is yeah, it, it's like Maggie or something. It's something like that. Yeah, but yeah, they they talk about these stories, and a lot of them were like fables from our world, and then there's like some fables that were just made up for the book and stuff like that. Nothing seems yeah. like you know um, so well, defined that it would um, warp anybody's uh, enjoyment in like running a game in it or something. Well, between that and um, the butterfly, I had mm. a question for you that I came across mm-hmm. that, like, when it, when I was reading it, there, there's this, um, and, you know, Beagle has not commented as far as I can see one way or the other on this, yeah. but, but there's a, not a conspiracy theory, but one way to read this book um, where it's, it's, it's actually like a post-apocalyptic future. No, because um, like, have you have you ever seen the movie Wizards? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah the the Ralph Bakshi movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it's like that where it's like, you know, it's a fantasy. It's on our world, but it's so so unbelievably far in the future that it may as well just be a fantasy. Yeah, I did not get that impression. Um, okay. I like, like that because I, I like weird kooky things like that. But, no, but yeah, I, <laughs> I can definitely see that. Like, um, as you're like bringing it up, I can definitely um, get behind that sort of theory and everything. Because like the, the butterfly even is described as wearing basically sneakers. Yeah. And like sunglasses and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it could just be really far in the future. Who knows? <laughs> it could. And, you know, I enjoy that. Like, I enjoy sort of um, books or movies or media that kind of leave things up to your interpretation. Yeah. I feel, you know, because it allows you to kind of, like, fill in the blanks when the blanks are left there intentionally. And it makes you part of this uh, process, part of this, like, you know, world and everything. It's it's like we were talking about with Tolkien where everything's so filled in like you're an observer you're not like part of this um conceptual process but when people leave in like blanks for you to fill in you feel part of this uh world you know you feel like you know you can add to this world and you become a little bit more invested at least that's how I feel yeah yeah no I um like you said that just just being able to kind of look into the reading and kind of kind of make up your own story i guess about what's going on and what you're reading is really a strength of this um mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense i, I yeah. don't know that that may be too woo-woo a description 
<laughs> no, no, it, it totally makes sense. Um, I mean, like, I definitely just, you know, gave this a an A plus in the uh, the grading. I don't know how you feel about yeah, it. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, it was a book that I suggested. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this book. Like, you know, it. I really enjoy, like, fantasy books. Um, I do think that there is value to read this book even if you've seen the movie um i know that we kind of mushed this together into sort of one podcast but there is a lot to um discover in this book um oh yeah i mean there's definitely going to be the same beats that are hit in the movie but there's a lot to sort of explore so i would highly recommend this book if you've seen the movie if you haven't seen the movie i would recommend maybe reading the book before you see the movie oh yeah Uh, yeah i I would recommend doing that because like i feel like i i had um i was forewarned going into this because i had seen the movie so i kind of knew sort of what to expect Mm -hmm. um but like i said i i would still give the book itself an a plus yeah, again, like, I really enjoyed the writing style. Um, I think it's easily accessible. Like, yeah. you know, it's not like uh, Lovecraft where you're reading the book and you're not sure what some of the words mean oh, because yeah. they're so highfalutin. Um, so it's easy access, but it's very elegant. I think some of the word choices are fantastic. Um I believe that the book is an easy read. It's not like a 500, 600 dense page book. Yeah, I think my copy was only like 280. Yeah, so so it's definitely, depending on like how fast you read and everything like that, it's a, um, you know, an afternoon or a weekend book. So it's not like a heavy investment of anything. Um, And, you know... I do believe that you get a lot of different views in the book that might uh, like change your opinion or change your outlook when you're watching the movie. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the, the, um, the, the movie is very close to the book. Uh, like mm-hmm. I even have a note in there for, for the, the movie notes that I have. Yeah, um, but I do think in the book you get a little bit more insight. Oh yeah, there's more characters. Expansion. You get, yeah, yeah, and again, like you get a little bit um, more motivation, more, um, I guess, understanding of especially the unicorn herself, right. and um, all these other characters and like concepts. Like they don't really go into the whole aging thing with. Um, the wizard and everything in the movie they just kind of leave them as as is but yeah yeah i I would highly recommend this book um especially if you are a fan of fantasy um especially Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen the movie and even if you have seen the movie i do recommend it yeah yeah now well as and uh as far as the the movie goes Mm -hmm. um just to cover all the the notes here (laughs) that i have um you know 1982 is when it came out so it's it's not spoiler worthy i think at this point um 
three and a half million dollar budget, six and a half million dollar box office. Um, pretty well regarded. It's a, a Rotten Tomatoes of 71%. Oh, okay. Um, apparently Beagle never envisioned this book to be a movie, huh. which was one of the, the interesting things. Um, he initially was horrified that a company like Rankin Bass were the ones that were doing it. Cause Rankin Bass, you know, they're, they're the people that do like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. They're not really known for, uh, their high fantasy, their, their high fantasy animated things. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's since come around um, and said that, you know, the design work is lovely and the Japanese artists were good and that the voice work really brought the characters to life. Yeah. Um, so an interesting fact about this, though, that will bleed into another one of your interests, I think, is that um, all of the animation for this, because Rankin Bass did the dialogue notes, basically, based on Beagle's screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the animation was done by a company called Topcraft. Do you know who Topcraft later became? Uh, no, I don't. So Topcraft later hired Hayao Miyazaki to work no. on a movie called Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. And yeah. they eventually studio ghibli nice that's awesome yeah, so this is like a proto proto um, like studio ghibli uh studio ghibli animation like it's it's not as pro because you know like i don't know if you've seen nausicaa of the valley of the wind i have yeah but it's, it's not a ghibli movie it's <laughs> miyazaki wrote the the manga that it was based on mm-hmm. but it wasn't actually put out by his studio even though he worked on it um so it's just kind of like a step removed from from Ghibli, the, the last unicorn. I mean, yeah, um, it's it's you know the the proto proto Ghibli. Well, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and you can, I mean, again, you can read into whatever you want, but like the old lady in the carnival, she kind of looks like an a uh, an old lady that Studio Ghibli would do. She does like yeah. she. She kind of looks like um, she has that like kind of boxy. Uh, she looks like um, spirited, spirited away. away. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The long um, nose, the like wrinkly face, and everything like that. The giant head. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of. I mean, now that you're you brought that to my attention, I can see the correlation between the two characters. Yeah, but yeah. again, I, I, I found that to be like interesting. interesting. Well, I, I just found it to be an interesting note that um, the uh, Hayao Miyazaki was was part of Topcraft and Topcraft did the animation on this. I, I just find that fascinating that 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 uh, kind of bleed through or overlap was was there this early. <laughs> yeah, that was that's that's a really cool fact. Um, but yeah, the uh, the voice cast for this, I think, like I said earlier, is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Did you recognize the person doing the voice of Lady Amalthea or the uh, unicorn? No, I'm I'm bad at like voices. So. so so it's Mia Farrow. She was Rosemary in Rosemary's Baby, which we covered. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alan Arkin was Smendrick. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges was Prince Lear. Uh, Christopher Lee was King Haggard and oddly um, murder. She wrote herself. Angela Lansbury was mommy Fortuna. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those are all like, that's a pretty well, you know, popular. And this was back in like um, the eighties when like voice acting wasn't super popular. Like people. Yeah. It wasn't really really a thing that you'd get 
a, a cast like this together for mm-hmm. at the time. Um, you know, because it wasn't like a holiday special where they would get special recognition. Like they they would just be one of of a voice cast in a movie that just saw regular standard release. Yeah, um, it wasn't really like glorified work like it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it wasn't really like a big thing when you're like, oh, you know, I did the voice of blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and um. It's it's funny. Uh, another thing that I came across while doing this is that apparently the home media releases for this film um, are just a mess. Like the the VHS came out in 83, 85, 88, and 94. Um, all of those were put out by different companies. Oh, wow. um, the first US DVD was in 2004, which I think is the version I have because it's by Lionsgate. Hmm. Um they they copied it from the badly recorded pan and scan masters so like there'll be sections where the scene stops and because they've had to fit it to your tv ratio um they call it pan and scan because the camera actually will will move the screen over the full length of the scene jeez so scenes take a little bit longer yeah um so the publisher of the books uh complained vocally enough that Lionsgate re- put out a 25th anniversary, which actually may be the one that I have. It's, it's a uh, license from the German masters uh, in 2007. Hmm. So it's a little bit better. Um, I think visual that's the one quality. that I have too. Yeah. If, if you um, have a copy of the movie that does not have the camera shift around the scene and there's no swearing in it, <laughs> that that's, we have the same version because yeah. there, there is an audio mix of this with with swearing taken out no um, i think i had swearing in mine okay right. so i i think we so i originally watched this um with my father i think we had the vhs oh, okay and yeah and that one i believe had like the swearing in it because i was kind of as a young kid taken back by that um, yeah, but then just because of my love of the um, the movie, I ended up buying a DVD of it, and I think the DVD is the um, the like 07 20- version. Yeah, the twentieth anniversary or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the version I have. It's um the the. So that version may be different than the one that you remember from VHS, because what I'm seeing here in my notes that I had in in, kind of in the margins Mm -hmm. is that it's from the PAL master, which is the European master. Um, Mm. So when they transposed it to the NTSC version, uh, which and I know that this is boring, so I I won't stick on this for very long, (laughs) but. But when they move it from the European to the American masters, um, what that means is that the audio runs about 4% faster and is higher pitched. Oh. So they have to de-pitch the audio separately from the video to get it yeah. <laughs> mastered right. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, the other thing is that the subtitle that I would have had for this if it were a standalone was Red Bull Gives You Wings, which yeah. I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good one. That is definitely a pretty good one. Oh, um, I guess for the uh, outfit, I would either do a lovely white gown or a 
Yeah, or a blue uh, wizard's robe with the uh, pointy, with the, like, pointy dunce cap. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was. It's not a dunce wizard. cap, but but yeah, it's it's those hats that look like a dunce cap. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Smendrick. Yeah, Smendrick was like classic classic wizard. All in all, um, oh, I yeah. remember. Yeah, there's like a bunch of things that um i definitely remember from this movie like watching it as a kid and everything i just i remember like the butterfly with its riddles and everything like that um annoying the um unicorn uh, i remember oh, yeah. like, it's so funny how frustrated she gets with it yeah straight <laughs> yeah. and again it it gives her that sort of that that regal and unfortunately, I do think in the movie she comes off a bit annoying. Like, yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, where in I think the book they're able to walk that fine line of like just her being naive, um, not yeah. like annoying, but just naive and unsure how the world works. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just the beautiful landscapes i remember again the um carnival the carnival was super scary especially like when the harpy basically attacks and eats the old witch lady i don't know i liked that part but again i saw this as an adult so yeah no as, as a kid <laughs> i can imagine like... as a kid it's a little bit different <laughs> yeah. you're just like oh okay <laughs> guess the witch is dead <laughs> yeah i guess that's good right is it good yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um it's there just so many parts um really just kind of made a lasting impression on me as like a kid and i think that's why i love the movie so much just because it has that kind of like lasting impression on me um, yeah where... yeah and it's not one that i i saw as a kid um it i guess for me in terms of like the dark dark animations that that people usually see um black cauldron mm -hmm. i don't know if you've seen that um i, I have for not. whatever reason i associate that with this movie with the, yeah. um and uh the secret of nim yeah that that was pretty dark too it's, like it's yeah. not it's i like it doesn't look visually like none of those are, are visually the same mm -hmm. um but for whatever reason i have those like twisted together in my head yeah i i mean again the visual animation on this movie is amazing and then i remember there was another part in the castle when they're trying to get past the skeleton to get into like the secret passage and everything yeah and um the skeleton wants alcohol and he's very mm -hmm. deliberate in like i i need alcohol like he's an addict I mean, yeah. yeah and you know i just very vividly remember like and smedrick had to turn like water into alcohol and the you know the skeleton gets drunk off of the uh off of like the alcohol and it's just it it's a very weird and abstract scene but it just kind of like stands out to me yeah 
as it like yeah no, the, the skeleton is is uh actually pretty funny in this i think yeah i mean the skeleton's definitely a very interesting character yeah um <laughs> and i mean like all of the characters are very interesting again um the i guess the straight character uh would be uh ma the um older lady who ends up uh, accompanying with them she yeah. definitely plays like the straight character who who you know is like the voice of reason um and and she um kind of like talks some at least in the movie talks some self-confidence in symmetric she's yeah. like the biggest believer and then i also remember like the cat with the eye patch in the um castle oh yeah 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 who like is basically a cat like because they end up getting jobs in the castle where mm-hmm. I believe Maul has to like cook food and this cat's basically doing cat things like knocking off um things off of the <laughs> table and stuff like that. And you know, he's the one who ends up revealing the secret passage in the um in the castle. And then Smedric is the I guess gesture slash magician who yeah. like tries to keep the king entertained. But the unicorn she's just like i'm just here because you know i'm I'm pretty (laughs) yeah like she doesn't even have like a job so yeah it's kind of interesting but she's kind of a kept lady (laughs) yeah i mean again like you know she follows um limerick out like seeing his great deeds and whatnot like he ends up like slaying a beast for her or something like that mm-hmm. but but yeah it's 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 definitely a very lived in and interesting uh world and movie and i i really i love the movie i love the animation <laughs> i love the like voice acting i was just a big fan of this movie in general and i can see you know how this movie may put off some people um again it's a little bit of an older movie so if you end up kind of watching it now um it might not be your a cup of tea but i definitely would highly recommend it for whoever wanted to watch a really good animated movie even though it's a little bit older oh yeah yeah Yeah. same here uh was there anything else you wanted to add about the movie um not, any parts that you like really enjoyed or um well i mean i just think the the um movie is actually pretty good throughout like it's it's paced very well there's no slow like oh why are we spending this time with this character mm-hmm. type parts you know like it it's um it hits all the right beats it covers most of the story that's pertinent that you you'd want it to yeah uh, i mean if you i don't think the running page. time's even that long yeah it's not let me pull up let's see on imdb what is the runtime of this so the runtime of this is one hour and 33 minutes so yeah. you know 80 85 minutes worth of movie mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but yeah, I, I again like 
I highly recommend this movie. This movie was one of the movies that kind of like shaped my childhood. Um, yeah. It really introduced me into like this world of fantasy. Um, yeah. And I mean, this, you know, the movie is, is very, um, it's animated very well. Uh, I, I like how they actually animated a unicorn, how a unicorn should look. Yeah. I mean, the unicorn's beautiful. Like from... it, it has weird legs. It has a weird tail. Like it's mm-hmm. not just a horse with a horn, you know. Yeah, and um, I really enjoyed like the uh, transformation when uh, the unicorn transformed, and yeah. she had that like star on her head and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you know, it was just beautiful. Like the animation in itself was just really lovely. Yeah, yeah, the the animation I think is the strongest part, which you'd expect from an animated movie is that the animation is strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's um it's it's definitely a quick watch um and it's an entertaining one as well. Yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah, highly recommend from me. Um I guess with that, do you want to go into Mimi Me's? Yeah. Do okay. you want to um, start off? Yeah, I can start off. Um, so my first thing, um, I'll kind of keep brief because I'm thinking about making it a a, a topic for the future um, mm-hmm. in the show notes. But um, it's uh, called The Dead Don't Die. Hmm. Um, it's a zombie movie by, uh, what is it, uh, Jim Jarmusch. Um you know, it's got Bill Murray in it. It's it's a zombie movie along the lines of, uh, like a George Romero type zombie movie, mm-hmm. but modern. But there's weird curveballs that <laughs> they get thrown your way during the movie, which I don't want to spoil because yeah. again, I would like to talk about it in the future. I actually think I have it on. Is the... it something recent? Or yeah, yeah, it... it came out recently. Okay. Um, but I may or may not do that in the future but it's i do highly recommend it it's it's very meta for Mm -hmm. a a zombie movie um like a lot of the stuff that jarmish does there's it's not just like a very surface um surface focused movie i guess like there's there's some deeper meanings in some of the scenes and in some shot composition some some pretty deep references he's making yeah um but i i do really like it um even if you don't like zombie movies it's not really a horror movie if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like the way he he sort of like zombie land in a way uh it's not uh it I mean, like Zombieland is more like a comedy. Yeah, but um, it's a a um, I guess it diverts from like the genre. You, you know, yeah, I wouldn't exactly. call yeah, Zombieland a zombie like uh, movie. Yeah, it's a it's a comedy, comedy that happens to have zombie zombies in it. Yeah. yeah, so in that vein, it's kind of like a movie that happens to have zombies in it. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's got an all-star cast. It's it's got um, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton, Bill Murray. Like, it, there's a lot of big names in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it did very well at the box office because I feel like it 
<laughs> like Jarmich tends to make like artsy films, and that means that they don't do well with like general audiences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but but it's it's really well shot and and uh full of references to other zombie movies if you're a fan of the genre. Nice. Um, but uh but yeah, so that's my first thing. Oh, okay. Um well I ended up watching uh Knives Out. Um oh, cool. yeah, I I really enjoyed that movie. Like I I do enjoy I guess mysteries. But this is definitely like a meta mystery sort of movie. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, oh, James Bond's uh, actor um, Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Craig does a fantastic job. I, I forget his fighting. name, but yeah, he's really good in that movie. <laughs> yeah, like I really love his southern drawl and like just his character. I love all of his um, weird like um i guess sayings and stuff like that um and it's it's really cool to sort of it it can i don't want to spoil it or anything like that but it really doesn't uh line up with like the normal genre of a who's done it oh yeah exactly like that well that was one of the big controversies when it came out um if if you remember is that like people who were fans of that type of like murder mystery whodunit type thing mm-hmm. um were angry that like the movie just outright tells well, you yeah yeah i didn't want to like like it's yeah. well, i mean it's just part of watching the movie like i'm not telling you what happens i'm just saying that yeah the the movie takes that away like it's it's kind of like i was saying with the dead don't die like knives out is kind of a, a it, it takes that genre and it flips it on its head. Yeah. It shows you how that genre works. Yeah. And um, like everything. So all the actors are fantastic. I, I really love the actors. Um, they have um, the, again, I'm horrible at names, but they have Captain America's uh, actor in it as uh, one of like, yeah. the grandsons. I think he does a fantastic job. Yeah. It's, um, uh, Christopher Plummer is the the old man, um, the patriarch. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Jamie Lee Curtis is one of his daughters. Um, ah, I can't remember her her name, but Don Johnson is in it. Um, mm-hmm. Daniel Craig, like we yeah, said. it's it's again <laughs> just like so many uh, just wonderful actors and everything, and it's like really awesome too that um if you rewatch this movie you can and you kind of like understand it you really get a second like viewing of it like you really you can watch oh yeah you need to watch it like like a second time (laughs) yeah and uh it's really just amazing like that um and like whoever made that set just the house and everything it feels like the house is lived in it feels just oh it feels so, like a real house yeah yeah with like all of the weird items around and everything it's it's just amazing and i really enjoyed watching it i really enjoyed um putting it on and i was really happy that i was able to uh, watch it so yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. Um, even 
even if it's not like a full-fledged like whodunit movie it's definitely a a well i guess produced movie a lot of famous actors great uh script great set design yeah i i would recommend awesome um well yeah the uh the other thing the other uh, movie that that my wife and i watched were was a uh, doctor sleep which oh yeah i would recommend to you since we read that book yeah um, huh that that movie it's actually pretty fantastic um it's it's different and they changed some things from from the book they 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 changed a couple of pretty big things from the book that i don't really agree with but Mm -hmm. um it's still a very well done movie um the visuals in it um are fantastic the acting is great i mean because you know ewan mcgregor is is danny torrance (laughs) in that movie Um, it doesn't follow the book like it it does for the most part uh but like i said there's a couple of pretty big things that they changed that it that i don't agree with and i i would have kept the original um but i mean i I see why they changed it in the movie yeah Um, huh but, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's because, uh, it, you know, they're, they're basically having to go off of. Which I think I brought this up when we were talking about this book is I wanted to see which way they went on. You know, the, the book itself is a sequel to The Shining book, not mm-hmm. the film The Shining, because Stephen yeah. famously hates the way that Stanley Kubrick shot The Shining um, yeah. or adapted The Shining rather. Um, but this movie is definitely a sequel to the film, The -hmm. Shining. Like they did not keep anything that that made a reference to anything that was in the book, The Shining. So, so that, that was one of the ways that they, they adapted it. And that, that's pretty minor though, because I don't know. I, I I don't know why you would watch this movie and expect it would be a sequel to the book and not the the film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but i highly recommend you check it out it's not so much a horror movie as you think it would be uh it's it's very much more filmed like a sci-fi sci-fi okay type type movie um than a horror but it's it's very good i highly recommend it okay Yeah, yeah i'll have to give it a shot um so my second thing is uh i ended up watching another movie have you ever seen ladybird no but it's in my queue on netflix yeah so i ended up watching ladybird um and i really didn't know much about this movie like kind of going in to it um i knew that it was a i guess recent like about a year and a half ago sort of movie uh um, yeah i think yeah i think it came out about then yeah and um it was something that i did want to watch um and it it turned out really well like i i really enjoyed the movie it's it's definitely a i guess a different um it was it's different than what i expected so it's definitely a teen sort of drama um you know so if that's not really like your thing like teenagers having teenager problems 
Um, I could totally understand why this movie might not be for you. Um, but, you know, I did really enjoy uh, the main character, Lady Bird, as she calls herself, um, her relationship with her mother, because it's definitely like... A, it's like a dysfunctional family type movie. Kind of. And it, it's happening during... So it's interesting because she graduated high school because this movie takes place during 9-11. So she graduates high school in 04 when I graduated high school. So that was kind of interesting because, you know, it, it, it definitely was a weird time. Not not weird, like now weird, but it was still, you know, strange and stuff like that. And she's going to a like a Catholic high school and she's just like trying to figure out life, trying to figure out like popularity and balancing that without like who she truly is and everything. And, um, you know, her being this quirky girl, um, because, you know, they definitely play up, like, the quirkiness of sure, who sure. she is and everything along those lines. And that's really, like, what makes her character very lovable. And, like, all of the characters in that, like, especially the main character, Lady Bird, like, I don't know, like, she seems very, like, a very interesting character. So... I did enjoy it. I mean, it's it's definitely a teen movie. Like, you know, it's definitely... So, like, I don't fault anybody for not liking that kind of genre. Yeah. Because, you know, you do kind of have to, like, I guess kind of like that. Um, Because I know people who are, like oh, I graduated high school. I don't want to deal with, like, teenagers having teenager problems. Like, that <laughs> that part of my life is done. And, like, I, I totally understand that. Like, sure, you know, you don't want to see kids trying to figure out their lives. But nonetheless, uh, I think it's a well-put-together movie. And um, it wouldn't be, like, a high recommendation for me, but it would be a recommendation if that's kind of, like, you're okay with that genre. Um, it wasn't like too long. It didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. If you kind of like that, like quirky, snarky type of character, yeah, I think this would be an interesting movie to watch. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I do have a question about her. Um, the the Ladybird uh, actress is mm-hmm. how is her accent in it? It's good. I, okay, I she's she's like Irish with yeah. With the, Irish accent. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I didn't know. I, I think I mean the actress is fantastic. I think she did a great job. So okay, yeah. Um. Well, yeah. So I, I guess um, I, what I'm hearing is a recommendation with a caveat. Yeah. Again, like if teen high school drama isn't your thing, I mm-hmm. would um not recommend it. Okay. Um, just because like it, that's, that's kind of what it is. It's, it's, you know, it's definitely a teen thing, but like, it's a good movie nonetheless. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, the last thing that I did is actually 
two games. So I, uh, I, I played through Uncharted 3 and Uncharted 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you remember the my uh, experience with the first two is kind of like, eh, they could have been shorter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so Uncharted 3 is actually paced the best of the first yeah. three games. Okay. Um, it it does not feel like a slog to get well, through. <laughs> um, although you do have to sit and wonder, why don't you just steal this thing if you're such a good thief? Why do you have to murder a hundred people before you steal this thing? <laughs> because that's the gameplay. Um, yeah, well, like, the, they changed it up because in the first two... Um, you know, the thing that you're getting to this fabled, um, like item that you're, you're trying to steal. The MacGuffin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The MacGuffin, you actually have to face it, uh, at the end. Um, and at the end of the third one, you know, spoilers, but you see it, but then you don't have to deal with it. Like the city just starts falling apart around you and you're trying to escape. Ah. which I much prefer just given the way that this story goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's like the other, the other two games have you fight like super powered, like guardians of this, this magic MacGuffin. Right. Yeah. Whereas in this one, you're fighting those things, but you're not really like in the narrative of the game. He like, you're seeing hallucinogenic dream world because the character got drugged. Oh, so Ah. the enemies are more powerful, but not really. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the fourth one. So the fourth one is much longer to beat. Um, it's very much a slot. Like it looks pretty, um, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a next gen game, uh, or at, at the time it would have been a next gen game. Um, it's very pretty. Yeah. The story is extremely self-indulgent. <laughs> um, okay. and it, yeah, it's the same thing where I, I, like I said before, like, oh, th- this guy, like he's, he's not supposed to be realistic in any way and that's what they they tried to make it into in this the the fourth game mm-hmm. is with the greater graphical leap forward um they kind of limit the amount of enemies you're fighting yeah but they still have him doing things that no human person would be able to do so it's, it's kind of jarring to see like photorealistic stuff and then superhero level bullshit <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know where it's like um i'm pretty sure your arms would just jerk out of your socket and you would fall a million feet and die <laughs> if you did that in real life yeah. well, um, i mean video games it is video games but like i don't know it's, it's just it was very jarring for me to to, to watch and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the graphical upgrade because like the first three because they're ps3 games like they look like video game characters yeah but this is PS4 and they look, it looks like, you know, real people. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's You're that, not like, this is not video game, man. Yeah. Also, this guy would be, have so much PTSD and he just, he doesn't like, I feel like Nathan Drake is, is a criminal and a serial murderer because like he, like they, they were just, 
there would be no way that a realistic person like this would not go through life if they were a regular person. He's just so or a neurotypical cool. person, I guess. <laughs> and not feel bad about some of the ways that they murdered these people. <laughs> um, guess it's hard to sleep at night for him. Yeah, and and like the the story is like I said, it's just self indulgent. It's long for no reason. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with Neil Druckmann being in charge because like Amy Hennig was the the like the lead writer on the last three games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, from everything I've been able to tell online, like he engineered some way to kick her out of Naughty Dog and yeah. huh. get head writer credit for himself. Um, and mm. yeah, I, I just don't like his writing style. I don't think The Last of Us is a great game, which is another one that he was. I've like, never played it. Yeah, like it's. You'll I mean, see it yeah. like on a lot of like greatest of all time lists, but it, yeah, I don't, I I don't think it's a very good game. Um, I don't know about the second one coming out, but like I know that he was definitely the lead designer and lead, uh, the story lead for mm-hmm. for Uncharted Four, and like there are some interesting locales you go to and some interesting story beats that crop up but they're too few and far between for me to go like, okay, well this was well-intentioned and not at all self-indulgent. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're still fine. Like I wouldn't mind replaying the Uncharted games. Um, it, it's, they're not as bad as like Assassin's Creed three, which I brought <laughs> up several weeks ago. Um, yeah. Like there's nothing like if I've messed up, it's usually my fault for why I messed up, which mm-hmm. I think is indicative of good game design. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't want to feel like you know you got chipped out of something. Yeah, well, and like, like you know, the contextual controls make sense. It's not like okay, why, why would I ever turn around right there and jump off of this building? Yeah, <laughs> obviously, yeah. I was trying to go up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the the contextual game build is good. Like, the, there's obviously a lot of care that went into thinking about how people would play this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I feel like Naughty Dog has the same problem as a lot of major video game developers and that they're trying to make a movie. And it's like, look, just yeah. make a movie. If you want to make a movie. Don't, yeah. don't try to make game into a movie that's that's a different media guy yeah i just just want to play some games yeah don't don't go all all kojima on me don't don't make my controller turn off in the middle of a cutscene because you've made (laughs) it too long (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but uh but yeah you know um if you like action adventure movies like they're they're the next best thing to a indiana jones film and see, like, I'm even comparing it to a film yeah. um, rather than I mean, another game. There's not really another game like these, but um, I don't know. You, you kind of have to be in the, the mood for, like, a third-person action-adventure game to really mm-hmm. get into these. So if you like these, uh, I do recommend that. Okay. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was it for me this week. Okay. Um, well, the last thing that I had is uh, a game as well. 
I um, downloaded, I, I think it just came out. Um, it's a very recent game, uh, but it is called Monster Train. Um, it's definitely a game that is up my alley. Um, it is like a train full of monsters. Yeah. So um, again, like this is the like story. Chugga chugga train. Yeah, like a chugga chugga okay. choo choo train. Um, okay. It's a very loose story. Uh, you are a servant of hell. And uh, oh. you have, like, the last remnants of um, Hellfire, and you're trying to light, uh, <clears throat> I guess, Hell back up, because Hell has frozen over. Yeah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 it's frozen. Yeah, okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, so you're trying to uh, take this train down into, like, the depths of Hell to light Hell back up. And uh, angels are basically trying to stop you. So the game board is basically like three levels of a train, and you can pick different factions of hell. And then huh. you basically draft a deck uh, where you get certain minions, um, spells, and other things. And you can like basically put minions on the levels, and the different levels have different, like, spaces. Like, some minions take up more space because they're bigger, but they have, like, better stats and stuff. Right. While other minions are maybe smaller, more, um, like, versatile, or not versatile, but more of, like, a, um, a situational minion. So you can end up, like, sort of setting up your three layers and then wave of angels come and then it's kind of like an auto fighter like an auto like battle chess mm, sort of okay. thing yeah. where depending on like the way that you've set up your minions on that level they'll each attack each other and they all have stats and stuff like that so right. it, it, you know it's a game that you don't have to like put a hundred percent effort in um i usually listen to like a podcast or maybe i'm watching like a stream or something along those lines and i can play this game while doing that and it um it's a randomly generated um each run is different and you know when you die your run's over and um you can start a new run with maybe a different faction a different deck because the decks change every time that you start a new run but yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. Like, um, and again, is this on Switch or is this on Steam? It's Steam. on Steam. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, you know, it checks off a lot of boxes. And Stuart's, I enjoy playing these type of games. Like, it's <laughs> you know, it's a card based game, kind of, because you can like draft a deck, you build your deck with minions and spells. Um, it's a, it's a roguelike game, which I really enjoy. And right. then it's a, a game that doesn't like, not take full attention, but it's a game that you can like pause in the middle of, like there's no time constraints or anything along those lines. Like, you know, some games that I've played, like first person shooters, like Overwatch and stuff like that. When you're in a game, you're in a game you can't really do anything else sure. like with this game since it's turn-based and everything like that 
like if I needed to answer an email or something like that, I can just kind of leave this on in the background and just like, you know, answer that email, kind of either play it in the background or just do something else and be perfectly fine. Cool. Yeah, but... Well, yeah, it sounds like we both had pretty eventful weeks then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, again, a lot of time free so yeah yeah there's that <laughs> so, yeah there there is that <laughs> but yeah uh that's kind of everything that i've been up to so far okay cool well um let's see uh oh yeah technically this is a book club thing so um i guess in the next couple of weeks um it, it'll be my choice again mm -hmm. and my choice is Susanna Clark's Jonathan Strange and Mr. Gnarl. Oh, um, nice. Which, um, have you ever read that before? Uh, no, this will be my first time reading it, so okay. I'm forward to it. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty long. Um, I will say that uh, the BBC did a great adaptation of it, like to the point that if you don't want to read it, you can just <laughs> watch that show. Because, like, it's it's that closely adapted to the book. Um, oh, cool. And it's only like four or five episodes. Like it's not yeah. very long at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Um, and then what is up next in terms of actual episodes? Let me pull up my show notes. Uh, yeah. So the next, um, actually the next episode will be on the good omens television show. Yeah which uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, have yeah. you started watching that or have you watched it? Oh yeah, it? I've, I've already finished it. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I look forward to talking with you about that then. Yeah, me too. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, past that, check us out on Facebook, shoot us an email. Um, all of that information is in the show notes if you're listening to this. Um, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. stay safe out there stay alert yeah um, be kind to one another and um you know treat people like you would like to be treated Absolutely. the golden rule but also, not the golden rule of who has the gold makes the rules it's from yeah, aladdin not that <laughs> oh is it from, oh yeah it is from aladdin it is yeah <laughs> um, um but yeah we'll see you guys in a couple weeks all right see you guys bye